Hey guys, it's Kat. And it's Russell. And this is Critical Whimsy. Russell, how are you doing this week? Yeah, all good. Been quite a good week for me, actually. You're doing the whole artist way thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Thanks. Lots of exercises, morning writing and the like, yeah. If you publish a book before me, I'll kill you. I doubt my writing's good enough for a publisher. Good answer. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm on week two and a half of a broken elbow. As you Mm -hmm. can see, I've got the sling back on. So we were trying to do a podcast on change, and we realized we hate change, so we couldn't do an honest, authentic podcast on it. So we'll get back to you guys when we're on, you know, season 15 of CW. But until that point, guys, there's no change happening. Yeah. I don't know that we hate change. It's just the topic itself was boring. We got bummed out by the thought of change. We're like, oh, what a mission to change. I started talking about geography. Guys, it was a terrible podcast. I was talking about geography. Guys, I know nothing about geography. I started panicking and talking about Antarctica. It was horrendous. So, and then Russell was just, I don't want to talk about my divorce, but with his eyes. (laughs) (laughs) So we decided, you know what, something, let's, let's actually talk to you people and remember that we love you. We love our audience and our audience must tolerate us somewhat because they listen to us. God bless you guys. And talk about something that we actually talk about all the time Hmm. and actually just invite you into a more intimate chat with us before we have a really, really sexy lunch supplied by caterers called Cat. (laughs) (laughs) And so without further ado, what is our topic? Well, our topic today is tolerance. What do you think about tolerance when you kind of think about it? Well, ultimately a good thing. There's not quite enough of it out in the world. A lot of aspects about me require a fair bit of tolerance, and I don't always see it. So don't you think the biggest problem with tolerance is that the first thing we think about is me, 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 and like, how will people tolerate me and my unique snowflakeness? I don't think that's a problem. It's just if you encounter a lack of tolerance, that's a huge problem. and Everyone's naturally focused on what makes their lives better or easier so you know you're always looking out for yourself first i think that's just human nature and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing okay very good answer yeah rolling your eyes at that (laughs) no i know no fuck he defeated me (laughs) game over all right let me go back (laughs) for another hit uh it's fine i'm recharged (laughs) my avatar is all right what is it about you that you're like, okay, people aren't going to tolerate me? Well, in a nutshell, I'm a non-binary, polyamorous, pansexual. There's quite a bit about that that people, well, not everyone will necessarily tolerate. Okay, so I have a problem with the poly part of that. Yeah. Okay, because we never had a discussion where you said to me, and Kat, listen, you know what? I've been like watching, uh, judging by my porn tests of the past few months in Pornhub, I'm really into poly. One moment, you and I were interrogating strangers in a bar, asking everyone if they were poly, because that would be a really cool person to have on the podcast. But we couldn't find anyone who was poly. And then... I really don't recall that. That was the night we got robbed. Remember, I was saying, I really want a poly person. I want an anorexic. <laughs> when we were 
back in the, the, the beginning. I, mean, okay. I was like the teenage stage of critical whimsy. Yeah. And now we're still in the teenage. We're now in the tween stage. We're actually regressing. <laughs> I was just, let's talk about all these issues that us 13-year-olds deal with every day, Russ. <laughs> like okay, body, I must have missed that. My apologies. And, and, and homework. <laughs> okay. And I was, I was, I was obsessed with the guy getting someone on who was Polly. And then one day on a podcast that we deleted, you were like, I'm being Polly. And then I was like, okay, but what does that mean? How would that work? And you were just, everyone's just going to have a kitchen table situation. So you've never actually come out to me, so which I, <laughs> you're like, okay, cool. Be tolerant. I expected you to not need an announcement, but I actually wanted an announcement. So is this an episode where you're, uh, you're saying I'm intolerant? Maybe, maybe let's play. No, I don't think I'm calling you intolerant. I didn't feel it was worth a major coming out. But I this just is thought a new it thing was, for you, no. right? No, no, it's not. You've never said you were poly, and okay, what, what is the definition? I haven't really announced it to too many people. What is the definition of it? Because I'm not sure I know. Because the one day I was telling you how me and my friends were making jokes about Jacob Zuma's wives. Mm. And you were just, haha, okay, but that's different. And I was comparing you. <laughs> and then you were just, but yeah. that is different. And I was just, okay, we don't know how that's different. So explain that. Well, that's that. Um, polygamy and polygyny in the case of Jacob Zuma. It's one man and multiple women. So yeah, none of them would be allowed to get a second male. Why not? Moment. Is that just a like a that's just the way that they work? Very much so. Okay. Yeah. And this is what countries do? Does this happen in? Um, well, I think well, there are quite a few. Probably, I'm not sure on all of it. I know that the Mormons in America are very is much into it? the multiple wives and that. And okay, I know so those women can't do husbands. No, only okay. one. Only one husband. It's um, in polyamory. It's called a one penis policy, and it's generally seen as like a no go. That's not where you're being ethical or fair or anything like that. Polyamory is basically having multiple relationships. You can have it with a few different people, and everyone is entitled to have a few different relationships with different people. Okay. Um, do you have to know about each other? Usually, it's done openly. It's also known as like ethical non-monogamy, where you'll generally, everyone will know about it. Oh, I'm going on a date with person XYZ, or I'm spending the night there, or however it goes. I love how you call it ethical monogamy, like monogamists were so ethical. (laughs) No, ethical non-monogamy. Oh, ethical non-monogamy, yeah, exactly, exactly, because I don't know. (laughs) It's it's a wow. You know, if you're keeping it secret, that's the whole sort of cheating thing, etc. You do it openly, you do it honestly. You don't necessarily have to discuss all of the details Mm. of it. That depends. And then the people won't necessarily like each other or get together or hang out. If they do, that's then the kitchen table polyamory. So your wives, wives and boyfriends table. and girlfriends and husbands, they don't have to like each other and date each other. No. Okay. So no, it's you having a relationship with them, can not I tell necessarily you, your partner. Can I tell you my number one problem with it? Yes. It's the fact that everyone has shortened things because they're so lazy. 
So we don't go to Stellenbosch anymore. We go to Stelly's mm. and we don't go to Australia. We go to Oz or Oz. something. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm now not, not, but you know what I mean? Where everyone shortens things. Yes. You know, a friend once made a comment that someone misspelled a word. Kind of a, the, the linguistics versus uh, a phonetics. I mean, actually, the other day I was speaking to a guy on um, a dating app. And I said to him, how do you say your name? And he said, I can only say, um, it can, uh, how do you, you know, say your name? It's a strange uh, name. And he said, I can only say it, I can only explain it if I say it on the, the phone. So I said to him, do you mean phonetically? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm not seeing how this is an issue with <laughs> no, no, polyamory. No, 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 no. So, I, so, so I've been on, jeepers, all the rules, little intolerant of my meandering. <laughs> because then there's the... Apologies for my intolerance and your meandering. Exactly. Okay, so here's my point, is with my biggest issue with poly, is that people go to you on dating apps, and yes. they go, so I, I'm this and this and this. Oh, by the way, I didn't mention to you before, I forgot. I'm poly. So I actually, I'm like, okay, you, you date a lot of girls and you're not going to be faithful. That's my initial, that's what I get, because you're not actually saying the word out properly you're presuming that i have to know what that means is that intolerance on my side i mean my best friend in the world and co-host of critical whimsy was secretly poly and didn't tell me like he told me when he told you guys today officially it's something he might drop into conversation but i mean i don't like it's when you hang out with someone so often and you're like sometimes i watch like step sibling porn and you know everyone's quiet and then you carry on eating you know no one says anything you know we we tell each other stuff and then we don't always respond but i'm just i feel as if it's just it's this cute little version like bye okay bye as opposed to bisexual hmm. okay so bye is a big one it's been around for a million years um homo quite disrespectful <laughs> no homo even more disrespectful <laughs> Just a little bit. A little bit intolerant there, yeah. But I love bit. it. I love it. No homo. <laughs> Apparently it was a thing in this one guy I knew, his WhatsApp groups, where they'd all send each other pictures of themselves working out in bar uh, and, and gyms together and drinking in bars and doing <laughs> stuff. And then it would always end with hashtag no homo. <laughs> in terms of me not... um necessarily coming out to you directly yes it's been dropped into conversations and that it's not something that's ever really affected you it's not like i've ever tried to date you you haven't had to deal with me being in multiple relationships okay i get that and i appreciate that and i thought that's where you would go and and i i kind of saw it as you've made a decision about me as catherine's catherine <laughs> This is not Catherine. My friend. Catherine's my friend. My co-host. My co-host. My, my brother. My bruv. My bra. My bro. Uh, my sis. Uh, and uh, my cat. And she's not going to be phased, whatever hmm. I do. But I'm going to argue that I like reasons for things. Yeah. I like I like a backstory. And so I'm probably digging myself a fucking hole and explaining the answer that I wanted you to give me. Now that I'm thinking about it. But you say, cool, I just, it's not a big, I don't need to announce it to you. It's not actually your business and it comes up in conversation. You can even go gasp and, and go discuss or you can go whatever I'm too drunk to care right now. I will 
use this in a sabotage way later on in our relationship. But yeah. then if it's so not a big deal, why haven't you come out to any of your other friendship groups or your family about being poly? Because, I mean, when I met you, you were always, uh, like, very proudly, like, by Poly was, uh, not poly, pan was, like, not a word that was used at that point. Mm. That was something that wasn't a real thing. So the, the phrase that was, that you could use to, because you were accepting people's intolerance and you understood that people understood the concept of bisexuality so you were working with them but you're not working with me that's what i'm saying or do you not have to work with people is that what tolerance is no um do you know what i'm saying i i think so okay in in terms of the bi thing and now i identify as pan pansexuality is technically a subset of bisexuality and at the time, I thought I was bisexual and just that where, yes, okay, cool, I could be with a man or I could be with a woman. I've subsequently realized that it's full pansexuality where regardless of the gender, I can have a relationship with someone, no matter where they stand, no matter what their gender is. Obviously, orientation matters. I'm not going to have a relationship with a lesbian. They just wouldn't be interested in it with yes. me. The gender, the specific standing of actual, your sex, your physical genitalia, all of that's largely irrelevant. So that's kind of a refinement that I've made over the years. All right. And why no big announcement on Facebook? Mostly because I, well, my dad's on my Facebook profile. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that he would be fully accepting of it. So the first time you told me you were Polly, we were making jokes about your dad, which we enjoy. I enjoy maybe more than you, but I think you do enjoy them because it's always with absolute and utter respect because he's so great. Uh, Russell actually has an outstanding father who doesn't listen to our podcast, so that's so great for us. We we, <laughs> we can be fully open and honest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, he, our parents don't listen because mine don't care and his, like, is busy doing tennis club and he's actually quite a cool person with lots of friends and snack issues and, and he's a busy guy, actually. Your dad's just busy. Uh, Russ was saying how his dad forgot something about him. He told his dad he was by uh, polar or something. Yeah. And, and his dad was all, oh, and then he and you know Russ was really stressed out for a while about the whole pan thing and he was saying oh no I don't know how I'll tell my dad and I said well you know your dad will just convene he has this tendency with you to just conveniently forget what doesn't suit him Hmm. Uh, and I actually had a similar interaction with my landlady who's the closest thing to a mother with me yesterday which is hilarious now that I think about it because she has really suffered during COVID. I know I'm going off track, but I won't lose my track and train of thought. Where she was telling me, you know, she's so sick and how she actually got depressed. And she said, I can't understand how people with depression and anxiety live. That must be the worst life in the world. And then she looked at me and then I looked back at her and I, for the life of me, I couldn't remember whether or not she would remember I, I couldn't, you know, I, I kind of was just, do you, do you remember all the conversations and angry WhatsApps I've said about my m- mental health to you and the Wi-Fi issues affecting me on an, <laughs> into rages that, uh, you know, or do you just choose to forget? And that's something delightful that the older generation does. So we did that with your dad where we were just, you know, on his deathbed, you'll be, you, you'll be, dad, here is my, my poly family. <laughs> 
he's come to say goodbye and you'll be like what and have a heart attack <laughs> no. no no I mean if it ever comes up if it's ever at the thing where I am exposing him to multiple partners then yeah obviously I'll tell him uh, just hasn't actually come up okay so here's where my tolerance becomes and, and maybe there's hypocrisy to tolerance but I just want to speak freely so I have something that I love called all people racism Mm. Which when I say it to people, they know exactly what I mean. Which is when old people, <laughs> boomers, say horrible things or inappropriate things about gay people or people of different colors. And it's not normally shocking. You know, they're not dra- dropping K-bombs or N-bombs. They're just, ah, the blah, 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 are all trying to con form us you know <laughs> the gays are trying to convert us or something it's a difference between someone my age saying it hmm. versus someone who's like 80 years old and i'm just you know what yeah we it's make more my... allowances for the old uh, yeah it, it's it's just you know when you you know you were being so i think one of the things that came out of your divorce but this is just my opinion was that you actually started communicating very openly and because you were depending on your family's support and love you were very open with them and one of the things that I think bothered you was maybe I want to just tell my dad everything because this is the love of my life my dad is maybe one or the great love of my life you know beautiful fucking thing and it bothers me that we can't sit down and I can say Oh, love of my life, love me unconditionally. And unconditional love is knowing all these things. Mm. And then I was just, but it doesn't really, he doesn't really need to know what we do on Saturday nights. No. You know, it's not even important. No. I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate. This and, and just to throw it in, though, a large, um, my marriage uh, was done in a monogamous fashion. The wife um, wouldn't tolerate anything else. So, you know, while that was technically poly, I wasn't practicing it at that point. So how does that work? When you're intolerant to your own organic state, how does that work? Because I knew you before you were married and you were bi. Mm. And we've already discussed why you didn't use the word pan, so we don't need to recap. How is it being in a relationship where... I mean, you know, one of the Americans I love the most is Glennon Doyle, who, you know, went from being in a hetero uh, relationship to, um, you know, finding her wife and, and actually being struck by, you know, mm. love of, a love at first sight. It's the one of the most greatest. I, I've told you the love story a few times, I think. It's my favorite love story. She met Abby, the famous soccer player, and she said, in her book, um, Untamed, which I'm sure a lot of our readers have read or listened to, that, you know, she always had the secret thought of, maybe I've always been attracted to women. She spent her whole life not listening to that. So her argument was she, you know, she always says she's the gayest gay that ever gayed, her and Abby, and that's gorgeous. But there was a huge because of society or whatever. And she doesn't blame society and she actually has an amazing blended family with her ex-husband. There's, there's the most surreal, beautiful thing in the world. But I mean, kind of coming back to you and I'm really interrogating you and you can interrogate me if you like, uh, except I'm perfect and heteronormative and everything, I guess. Or not. 
So, I mean, how is it being in a monogamous, heteronormative relationship if you actually are... Because, you know, we started this podcast talking about tolerance and how you fear people being intolerant. And it immediately went to your sexuality. Mm. Not your sexuality issues, your sexuality deviances. (laughs) If you want to call it that. I love that. It's so naughty. But no, but you're just your you kind of non inner circle privileged hetero bullshit you're kind of more abstract more art- artistic authentic okay i've, I've completely <laughs> lost like, the question there okay, can, the question can you is, how do you live if you are pan and if you are poly in a monogamous relationship could you do that again how does that feel because you didn't know it so you didn't know the poly or you did know the poly when you got married i did i did when we initially started it was under poly terms or open relationship terms so that was the phrase back in the day because remember dear dear reader we are very old so back in the day being poly was actually called open relationship person Mm. that's what it was just like pan was by yeah. Um, in terms, so in terms of the marriage, the pan bit wasn't really an issue. I was in a relationship with a person, and regardless of who they were, that was fine. I was in the relationship with them. The monogamy bit was a bit of an issue. I mean, one of the main reasons I'm behind the whole polyamory thing is that you get different things out of different relationships. You don't. If you're polyamorous, you don't have to rely on one person to provide everything you need, all of the emotional support, all of the physical, etc., etc. So that was a little bit of an now that one person to provide everything where they're not necessarily capable of. It. Okay, so my argument, my biggest problem with poly, yeah, because I'm very kind of, I don't believe in soulmates, but I want to mate for life, like a cheetah who doesn't mate for life. figure it out (laughs) and my issue with um, Polly is that people say that they say this is the one person that what I use for sex this is the person I use for my intellectual discourse this is the person I use for cooking (laughs) and I'm just okay yeah that's like on a superficial level but I find kind of because maybe because I spent years doing cognitive therapy I feel like are you not cutting people into their parts? Because we are all the sum of those things. Be you asexual, that's still your sexuality. Hmm. Be you a wifey wife, like uh, a mothering figure. Be you a cook, be you the handyman, be you the builder, be you the earner. Aren't these all, we're all capable, we all have these parts within ourselves. Doesn't Polly say, I'm just focusing on the strongest points within my little elite group of people who have those things as opposed to kind of tolerating within one person the many failings they have, but fuck, they're such a good communicator in my case, or not in my Mm. case at all. I'm just really good at sex. Yeah, it, it can sometimes be focusing on that. Is that necessarily a bad thing? I think so, because what about all the parts that you're cutting out of a person? By saying to someone, I see you because I love the part of you that is the homemaker. I mean, what were the parts you described in a poly relationship? 
you would have the so you might have like you might have the emotional connection there so, might be yeah. some of the physical thing i know a lot of my polyamory is built also around the specific different physical sexes not even the genders but it's like because i enjoy both what would be classified as straight sex and homosexual sex so the split is like my wife would only could only really provide one of them so you know i'd split that and we tried the whole pegging thing it didn't really work for her so you know when i wanted stuff like that the whole thing was if i had a polyamorous relationship at that time i could have had both of those things and it wouldn't have taken anything away from my wife if i had had those but then the thing is that not every a, a lot of like say gay men don't necessarily want to be pegged yeah <laughs> so i mean you could meet a beautiful gay man and you're like just so attracted to him just in the poly game and you're just i just want to have sex with you and he's like no i want i love you intellectually hmm. and because in, in a, a monogamous relationship you'd be like cool i love you so much physically that i'm willing to have a monogamous relationship with you and you're denying me this it would be okay but in a polygamous relationship is that right polyamorous polyamorous you would say okay no i'm gonna have sex with you because you're the one i desire and i'll find my intellectual thing from the guy who's not as pretty no it's, it's also okay maybe i described this badly it's not necessarily where you only get something from one person it's quite possible to love more than one person sometimes for the same reasons you have more than one friend yeah, because the Mormon uh, reality TV shows that I've watched, mm. <laughs> the woman would not appreciate you saying that <laughs> the one husband likes the hot young one for sex and the older one for mature advice and the third wife for emotional EQ shit. You know, I, I feel like... Uh, Usually sex me. evolves out of mm -hmm. a relationship. If you're having it with someone, you tend to generally have sex with it, unless they're asexual or mm -hmm. something along that line. I mean, Willow Smith is polyamorous, and she said that in her group of friends... No idea who that is, but cool. Show some respect, it's Will Smith's only daughter. Ah, She's, a, she's the most beautiful woman in the world. She's gorgeous. I love her. I watch her and her mother and her grandmother do something called Red Table. And they're like these three generations of women. The crone, you know, the mother, the maiden, you mm. know, sit down and they interview people. It's a fantastic show. Though it stopped uh, after Kevin Hart appeared. But only Will Smith interviewed him. Anyway, she, she was discussing her relationship choices very openly with her grand and her mom. And she said that out of all her, you know, her friendship groups are mostly, say, pan, bi, straight. And she said that in her group, she has the least amount of sex. Mm. And she's poly. The presumption is poly people would have sex with lots of different people. But listen, I don't want to just stay on this poly thing. Yeah. I wanted to kind of fight you on not telling me. And now we're kind of analyzing something that, like, is just... A very complicated thing I think yes it is well, I think we can move on I, I I mean we don't need to but we can because I think that there's more than one mm. I mean you spoke about fearing and tolerance 
yeah, let's get back to the topic. And I never, and I never really contemplated that because I'm a hidden person, so I don't really, I never show my cards. I believe, I, I believe I'm very authentic, but I'm also very hidden. Maybe we can call it discreet. That's lovely. I yeah, you don't you don't reveal things until you are required to. Yeah, or Which is a lot of the approach of, that I've used. That's yeah, why you never found out about the poly. Oh, no, the justification. No, no, no. I just thought it was really interesting because it was, you know what my worst thought about it was? Hmm. Was that it was a very trendy thing to be. I think that was my worst thought about it. When you told me kind of in a joke or in a pod that we deleted because we were too drunk was just that's so trendy you're so trendy i'm not a trendy person so i kind of thought are you just being trendy and i thought then i thought about it a lot more and i thought i bet when you told people you were bi they also thought that was trendy and also then i become the tolerant old people racist you know what i mean Mm. do you know what i'm saying that that sometimes it does take a bit of a journey for the person who hears a thing because for me i mean it, intellectually it's not an issue for me but i mean you can hear me and and we've actually spent half a flipping episode on this topic where i'm just yes. going what about the selves what about the person mm. you know and you're just kind of going what the fuck am i doing with all these girlfriends and boyfriends you know what i mean i i mean I am a, I'm a, as I said to you in the beginning, I'm a made for life, but let's move on because there's so much more. And I think you and I, and I think it's something you also battle with within yourself is like, say tolerance of mental illness Mm. and and what does that mean and then also should there be a pushback in society because we live in a society where we have and i'll and i'll drop celebrity names because apparently i'm doing that in this episode people like megan markle saying you know using mental illness as a justification for poor behavior or how threatened she felt in the royal family and i say i call bullshit I do, because are you serious? You have the funds, you have the resources that all of us with mental illnesses couldn't deal with. And also, because I live so differently from you, and I think it's a really interesting thing, and that's why it's so interesting we're doing this topic, and I almost want to be, let's roll for hours, but the last time we did that, I was just, no, 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 we we can't. It's too long, and we have millennials listening baby millennials and and gen z's mental illness i i kind of i hide my mental illness from most people i think Mm. you know that i think i confess to you quite a lot when i'm having a bit of a whoopsie yes but you're very open about it you've kind of almost run your life around it you've kind of made decisions for your mental illness it's a very defining part of how you you live well it's a very defining part of who i am it's not something i can say for years only because i didn't know about it so then how did that feel because that's what i want to know i want to know because you've been like because for me you've been intolerant of your natural states this is so fascinating. We're talking about tolerance, but what about inner intolerance? Mm-hmm. You lived in a, 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 in, a in a kind of a, a, a matrimony where you were unhappy and couldn't 
express yourself sexually and emotionally or whatever ways you couldn't or could and then also your mental illnesses and I know for a fact being one of your very closest friends that your mental illnesses was also met with a no you you kind of were involved with someone who who said no to all your things Mm. they were like let's oh my gosh I just had a big did you also feel that where it was just wow? We didn't even see the connection between your sexuality yeah, and your mental illness, there it was, and we yes. just oh my gosh, this is not about you at all. But also, you were the victim of that. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Sorry, guys, we just had a breakthrough. Enjoy it, but that's amazing, <laughs> and we should mm-hmm. explore that curse privately. But I mean, okay, so your mental illnesses, because I know your mental illness issues. You were really struggling, and it was met with a no. So let's argue it's not the same person. Let's argue this is the outsider versus the uh, the person who's othering the person. Because yeah. that's what intolerance is, othering. Hmm. How do you deal with that? So you're dealing with your sexuality needs not being met and, and your emotional needs and then your mental needs. How does that work? How do you live? What happens to that human being eventually? They crack and they break. That's quite simply put, but... Uh, yeah, when you land up just with none of your needs being met and stuck in that thing, it's you spiral down and down and it just gets darker and darker and worse and worse and eventually you crack and you break and you... sounds like just the same word, but shatter, where you fracture, everything just becomes separate and uh, the recovery from it is slowly identifying each piece, gathering it, rebuilding it into something that resembles a coherent kind of human. If that answers your question, you're looking at it like it doesn't. No, so fucking well. There wasn't a look of it didn't answer it. It was like, oh, I just had a moment where I remembered why you're my best friend, actually. (laughs) I think I was just swallowing very hard at that moment it was like a moment of great respect actually there was no fucking i you didn't answer that well i was like gulping i know exactly what that means i spent a lot of my life thinking that once you were shattered by someone by their intolerance you were shattered glass on the floor that it was impossible to make you into a Japanese glass and the, the gold thing. Sealed with the gold, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, that thing. And then through therapy and through life and through support groups and through medication and through friends, mm. I realized actually you do get back to that. And I mean, you've been so frank in this episode. I, A, don't want to compete, but B, I also want to rise up and be brave. Yeah, no, no, go, f- and go for it. it's hard for me. It is actually hard for me. But I mean, one of the most difficult things I think, and I've told you this privately so many times, and this is such a shitty topic for me, was the intolerance I faced when I was in an abusive relationship. Yeah. And especially from women. So. Yes, because a lot of people tend to assume that you did something to deserve it. That's one of the things that I've seen. Yeah, and a lot of people tell me how they it would never happen to them. A lot of people first always tell me how it would never have either, you know, if they're a woman, they say it would never have happened to them. They would never have been beaten up. If they're a man, they say they would never do that. It's always that, you know, we started this this episode and I said, you made this about yourself and you answered it really well. And I'm like, shit, you're so good at answers this episode, Funk. 
I'm not gonna ask you questions anymore. <laughs> you must ask me questions and then I'll be the fucking clever one in the episode. It's a really difficult thing for me to talk about, not because I actually carry, I mean, to, in this day, I've actually, I, I can't believe how much I've healed from it. No, you and, have done an amazing job of that. And how I'm actually, have really put it behind me and how I'm actually so cool, yes, like totally. with it. Yeah. But I think the one well, thing. Not cool with no, it. No, I am. I'm like cool and cool, man. I'm cool, Brown. <laughs> no, you're cool that it happened. I don't think you're cool with it. Let, let's classify. Yeah. If you saw it happening, you'd have issues. Oh, my gosh. That's been cool with yeah. it, just when yeah. you don't have yeah. issues. Yeah, when I'm being my neighbors smacking each other, then I'm like, nice. It's all yeah. right. It's not my business. I shouldn't call the police. They're quite crap. No, I mean, I, I think the hardest thing about me talking about it isn't because it happened to me. It's because of how people give me their opinions about it. Mm. I mean, I'm guilty of the same thing in this episode where you're like, I'm going to, why didn't you tell me about being poly? Because I have to fucking deal with all your questions and stuff. I love you, Catherine. So I'm going to give you the time and I love the critical whimsy listeners. So I'll give you the time because I allow it, because I let it happen. Make no mistake. I'm allowing this. This is my podcast. This is Russell, by the way, not me. Uh, with me, I, I never, ever discuss it because, I mean, I, I met with nurses when I had, you know, f- fear of certain some of my injuries where I'd be like, I need to get this checked out by a professional. Yeah. And they'd say like things like, you're not the first and you're not the last girl to get hit. You need to do something about it. I sat on lifeline calls. It was horrendous. It was one of the most horrendous things in my life. And it's only through time that it doesn't define me anymore. For a long time, it was the thing that defined me. I, I didn't walk into a room, I think, you know, without everyone looking at me and being like, that's the goal, he gets hit. Yeah, and but then, when we have major trauma, that often does become the defining thing. And that's also, but it's also just with like, life happens. Because... I listened to a very popular podcast this morning Hmm. and the guest said something where they were talking about these, there were rumors in Hollywood. So they were very, the the person who runs the podcast is a giant podcaster, a giant in the podcasting world, similar to us. And (laughs) I wish, no, you don't wish to be them. And no, anything about I know guest, who you're talking yeah. about. So they and I'm sure you guys do too. <laughs> Think critically, <laughs> be whimsical. And uh, their guest was a really old friend of theirs, a comedian, and they're both comedians. <laughs> okay, so they mentioned the whole thing that there were rumors always in Hollywood about gay producers, mm. and these gay producers would make men heterosexual, heterosexual men give them BJs and stuff and then the comedian said the line she said because they were trying to convert them and the podcaster didn't push back they said no I don't think it was that I think it was a power thing but they didn't like call out the person that they were interviewing and I was just holy fuck did you just let someone say that did you just say tell someone that like these like fucking that we now hear about so much in the me too movement which everyone's so scared of like everyone's so 
victimized by me too i'm so sorry i'm so sorry that you were victimized by me too see you bring up my abuse and then i get upset um you know what i mean like everyone's a victim now the victim the the victims of me too but they're like oh no these producers who were gay were trying to make men gay straight men gay yeah you see, I, like, I don't buy into that because the conversion therapy from gay to straight doesn't this work yeah like this year this week 2021 september august are you serious that was something that was said mm. you know what i mean that freaked me out the most mainstream podcast you can get and i was like are you serious no. fucking fight me and fucking cancel me i don't care but like i i call like fucking horror you're not a bullshit and that also speaks of intolerance because mm. that's still a belief because yeah. You know, we hear about people saying those things and I, 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 and we were actually speaking about it before the podcast happened, where we were saying how it's so funny because we grew up in a world of super tolerance. And by super tolerance, we just mean we grew up in post-apartheid. So racism was very bad taste. <laughs> it might happen. But you were very white trash if you did it. You know what I mean? Like you were white trash. It was a non and and and, and as kids growing up, if your friends were different colors to you, you didn't notice. You were just happy to have friends. You were just neurotic about having friends. You didn't care if they were what the sexuality they had. You didn't know. You didn't care what color they were. You were just awesome. And we grew up to be. I think the majority of South Africans. I, I know there's a lot of argument, especially from people who watch our country, but I don't believe racism is our number one problem. Most of the people within our generations, give or take 10 years, 20 years even, are pretty cool. So you and yeah. I... Yeah. I'll, I'll disagree with you a little bit there. Yeah, uh, largely racism is no longer an issue we've gotten over that. Um, I do think homophobia and transphobia and stuff like that is still a very big issue that we're trying to deal with. So I feel like the South Africa we grew up in, yeah. for me, because I went to Vits, and it was so intolerance, intolerant of intolerance that if you were, it wasn't a big deal to be gay. It might be a bit unusual to be too to say you were whatever but that was just became the mm. norm i realized that other people were having very different experiences and were being very ugly about it yeah because that's just the vitz yeah. microcosm outside of that and i know are very people different. who even i've been related to who went to vitz who were like disgusting with that so i also realized that it might speak to and you and i had a very big conversation today about how as much as I try to be the most unchoosy mm. and, and to be the most neutral person I'm not and that the fact is people keep calling me like left for a reason and that I need to stop actually it's dangerous the fact that I think that everyone doesn't care that they're just their feelings are just personally hurt when you didn't tell them in a beautiful ceremony with Lady Gaga singing Born This Way, um, you know, that actually that that's not the situation because you're saying that I'm saying, bullshit, it's all good. Trans rights, gay rights is not an issue in our country. Like racism and people are saying, no, it is. Yeah. You're just living in a fucking bubble because you, you, you know, your black friends are so forgiving of you. 
cat, you know, because you found the most tolerant people. You found friends, gay, straight, or whatever, who were just going to be the very kindest people because after some of the things you've been through in your life, you couldn't choose otherwise. So I can't, I want to disagree with you and say it's not true, but actually, possibly, you're right. I don't know. Do you want to expand on that? Yeah, well, uh, not hugely, but I mean... I mean, have you seen any attacks? Any kind of hatred movements? Because I generally read about them in different countries. I haven't personally seen them, but we have a huge thing with gender-based violence in this country. We have a huge issue with corrective rape. And, I mean, that's just an utterly horrendous thing to happen. So we've got these issues. We've got this level of intolerance. We've got xenophobic attacks. And that, and a lot of stuff is tribally based and tribal attacks. We have yeah. these huge issues well, in this country. because we're a tribal country. I mean, people don't understand that. I had this idiot ex-boyfriend tell me, English people look at South Africa and they go, we can't understand. Why are they all just fucking it up? And I said, because, brother, we are tribes here. We're English, we're Afrikaans, we're Swani, we're Zulu, we're mm. Kosa, we're... Indian, where whatever. But they've got that in the UK too. The English versus Irish, the Scottish, the Welsh, etc. Hypocrisy. Sorry for our UK listeners. We're not shitting you out. I'm just saying that just check your fucking potato field first before you come look at our mango fields, our Mm. organic mango fields. You know what I mean? You're absolutely right. I think it's so easy. I mean, we we spend most of our time discussing our outrage at, you know, America's actions and the Taliban and stuff. Because now we don't just talk about what's happening at our doorstep because of, you know, social media. We are now everywhere in the world. We're watching everything. Yes, yes. The whole global Mm. village thing. The world is small now. And yet our lives in COVID are so, so, so tiny. And I only experience... I mean, you know, you talk about people having intolerance to sexualities and trans people and stuff, and I'm just, no, that's not true. But then again, I only work at schools and with people that are very tolerant. I get called in for those jobs. And (laughs) so my world is a very rainbow, beautiful place. So I'm delusional, maybe. Mm. I, I think that when you hang out with really cool people that are trying to change the world all the time, you actually think that's real and that's the norm. You forget that the rest of the world isn't, you know, singing the pronoun nursery song and, yeah. and fucking giving a shit about a five-year-old's right mm. to their, you know, sexuality. But also in that account, you probably are encountering people that aren't like that, but because they're not like that, because they have a certain level of intolerance over something, you don't land up becoming friends with that person. It doesn't mean you're not encountering them. Think about the people you know that you're not friendly with, and there's got to be quite a few of those. (laughs) You're suspecting. (laughs) No, you're right. I mean, that's a really interesting point. Because I'm... I think that, you know, my, my biggest problem is that I can imagine characters... But I can't imagine people doing bad things. Mm. And then when bad things happen to me, my initial reactions are just to be, okay, well, 
this is an anathema this is um, an abnormality and then you talk about okay cool but let's look at like gender based you know horrific uh, violence and say actually this is the norm and that maybe like my horrible encounters in my life have been norms as opposed to you know freak occurrences yeah Yeah. i think it's an amazing topic i think that we should keep it short and Mm. brief because we want all we could go for hours yeah yeah it's um, great we probably will but I think that we'll leave you guys with that episode to write into us and tell us your thoughts. Yeah, please do. Tell us what you're thinking about it. Russell, how can people reach us? So you can reach us, and please do let us know, but you can reach us uh, via email, criticalwhimsy at gmail.com, or we're on Facebook. Just search for Critical Whimsy. We've got a page. Drop us a DM. Drop us a wall post. Whatever you want. Let yeah. us know, please. Slide do. into our DMs. <laughs> We're listening. We want to know from you. And also Patreon. Uh, we will be uh, renewing the the stuff on that soon, soon, soon. Uh, but that's a later story. Next week we have a guest, I think. We might not. So I think we're likely to. Yeah, I, I think that it's going to lead. I think that like we, we're leaving this on a teaser because tolerance is just the beginning of this conversation. Oh, yes. Guys, we love you. Thank you for listening to us. Russ, fucking rock. I, I, I just want to get off this podcast right now and talk to you. Guys, until we meet again, from me, Kath, think critically. And from me, Russell, be whimsical. <laughs>